Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. A jam-packed show on the way this evening. We're going to quickly look at the day's results in the Premier League. The League of Ireland is back. Mixed results for the Cork sides. A win for Cove, but defeat for City. Colin Healy will react to the loss at home to Bowes. Philip Long joined Rory for analysis. An historic night in Tralee last night for Kerry FC's debut in the first division. Cove Ramblers, though, got three points. Shane Keegan and Jack Doherty reflect. Paul Kerrigan is going to look ahead to Cork versus Dublin tomorrow at Parky Cueve. We have reaction with a big win uh, for the Rebels in the Camogie National League. And Jack Squibb joins to talk Rebel Wheelers. That's all between here and seven. Welcome along to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And what is going on at St. James's Park? Liverpool are 2-0 up. And Nick Pope has gotten himself sent off. He ran out from his box and dived on the ground, handled the ball on the ground. He's after getting a red card for it. 29 minutes gone. It's looking fairly rosy there for Liverpool. I'm not sure if you've been tuned in across the evening, but uh, myself and Izzy had an old discussion there after the uh, 5 o'clock sports bulletin about the Super Bowl halftime show. I voiced my displeasure at Rihanna's efforts. But anyway, uh, she asked me who I think should go next. And uh, then she played MGMT not too long after that. And I, was, I think that's a great shout. So uh, we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled for, for next year's Super Bowl. But yeah, the Chiefs getting the job done uh, as we were uh, discussing last week. All right, let's jump right into that Premier League action and we'll get an update from St. James's Park when it comes through. First of all, the day's early game and more goalkeeper madness as well. Emmy Martinez made an absolute fool out of himself really to be quite honest. Uh, Tom Ross was there to watch Aston Villa versus Arsenal and Arsenal getting the ship back on track. Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4. Arsenal move back to the top of the Premier League, albeit temporarily, but it gets their title challenge back on track. Twice they came from behind in a game they dominated. Villa were twice ahead, though, through Watkins and Coutinho, but Saka and Zinchenko levelled it, and a draw looked the likely outcome. But on 93 minutes, a Jorginho shot hit the crossbar, went in off the back of Emi Martinez's head. But late drama as Martinez went up for a corner, and then Arsenal broke, with Martinelli putting the ball into the empty net. The Arsenal boss Arteta is absolutely delighted and says this win will restore the team's belief and confidence for the running. Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4. Ah, look, ship back on track isn't as bad a mixed metaphor as uh, ship back on the road so we'll move on with it uh, chance there for Newcastle ball just going over the bar still 2-0 there we'll wait for a report on that red card incident uh, when it comes through Brighton um, I actually think I, I was just looking through no they didn't uh, Brighton had finished 1-0 to Fulham Fulham got a late goal uh, away to Brighton 1-0 Fulham Alan Lewis was there it's finished Brighton 0 Fulham 1 a smash and grab of the highest order again Brighton dictated from whistle to whistle and have somehow managed to lose Ferguson and March both went close in the first half the domination continued after the break Dunk headed just wide March and Buenonote both had goals ruled out for offside and Leno saved well from McAllister Dennis Undav missed a good chance from 6 yards out and he flashed ahead a wide as well and then with just 2 minutes of normal time remaining substitute 
substitute Maynor Solomon with Fulham's only real chance of the game buried one in the bottom corner heartbreak for Fulham heartbreak for Brighton delight for Fulham it finished Brighton nil, Fulham 1 Yes, and it was the other club beginning with B. It was Brentford who got a late goal to finish Brentford 1, Crystal Palace 1, Ryan Bramelow. Finished Brentford 1, Crystal Palace 1. The home side rescue a point late on at the GTEC. Vitaly Janel's close range had a cancelling out as their second half finish. Joachim Anderson's return played a huge part in restricting the host to half chances as Vieira still hunts for his first win in 2023. It's finished Brentford 1, Crystal Palace 1. And more woes for Chelsea and Graham Potter. James Ward-Prowse once again from a free kick. The guy is absolutely unbelievable. Chelsea nil, Southampton one. Nigel Bidmead. Chelsea nil, Southampton won. The Southampton skipper James Ward-Prowse scored the winner with a trademark free kick. But this game was overshadowed by a head injury suffered by his opposite number, Cesar Azpilicueta. He was accidentally kicked in the face on 75 and needed extensive treatment before he was stretched off. 12 minutes of injury time was played at the end. Ward-Prowse scored in stoppage time at the end of the first half and is now just one behind David Beckham as the leading scorer from free kicks in the Premier League era. Chelsea nil, Southampton won. Yeah, about 30 minutes added on there due to that head injury to Azpilicueta. Another blow for Chelsea. Uh, Wolves fell to defeat at home to Bournemouth in a fairly important game as well down that end of the table. Here's Frank Watson. Wolves nil, Bournemouth won. From Gary O'Neill's point of view, just about the perfect away performance from his side. They frustrated Wolves in the first half. Wolves enjoyed 75% of possession before the break, but didn't fashion any realistic chances and then Bournemouth nicked a goal early in the second half through Marcus Tavernier and then defended as though their lives depended upon it. In all fairness Wolves didn't create much even then and uh, only one close call when Ruben Nezevas had a shot. Yeah and that's the whole <laughs> cut in that chart that's the way it finished 1-0 to Bournemouth and another big game in that relegation stra- scrap was at Goodison Park it was Everton 1 Leeds United 0 and it was Seamus Coleman the Ireland captain who got the goal here's Shane Pennington Everton 1 Leeds 0 and it's a massive win for Sean Dyche's side as they beat one of their relegation rivals to claim a vital win and make it 2 out of 2 here on home turf under their new boss a scrappy encounter was settled by a bizarre goal. Seamus Coleman got it, volleying home from a Nicky angle. It was only what Everton deserved. Cody and Mope had missed earlier chances for the host, whilst Leeds created very little all afternoon. The result sees the visitors slip into the bottom three, and they look to be in real trouble. Everton won, Leeds nil. Yeah, and before that game as well, there was a minute's applause, and I see as well black armbands being worn here on the pitch between Liverpool and Newcastle, I'm sure... Uh, all the other clubs as well, the likes of Chelsea and Bournemouth also, that were connected to Christian Atsu. Uh, tributes were paid to him after he was found dead in the rubble following last week's earthquake in Turkey. The 31-year-old former Ghana international had spells at Newcastle, Chelsea and Bournemouth. He'd been playing for Hatay Spore and he'd scored a winner the night before as well from a free kick, winning goal last minute. Um, and just when you see the old, those scenes and the celebrations of that goal and then we get that news today uh, just really difficult I suppose and uh, you know with everyone connected to it and as well you know fans of that, those clubs and, and you know people who would have supported them playing uh, it's always it's always I suppose hits home a bit when, when you see a figure like Christian Atsu 
you know, um, I suppose a casualty to to, but so many, so many casualties in that disaster, forty thousand or more, like which is it's gut wrenching stuff. Um, but yeah, certainly very sad news that Christian Atsu uh, passed away in Turkey. Uh, Celtic remain nine points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership after thrashing Aberdeen four nil. Old firm rivals Rangers beat ten man Livingston three nil tonight in the League of Ireland Premier Division at Sligo Rovers versus Shamrock Rovers. Kickoff is seven four. In the FAI Intermediate Cup quarterfinals, wins for Ringmahan Rangers and Rockmount. Ringmahan Rangers beat Willow Park 1-0. Rockmount were 3-1 winners against Kilbarrick. All right. Cork City won Bohemians 2 last night at Turner's Cross. Horton and Flores got the goals for Bowes. Rory Keating with a Cork City goal heading into uh, the final five minutes or so. Here is Colin O'Sullivan chatting with City boss Colin Healy. Colin, defeat here tonight, disappointing. Looked like he might get back into it at the end of the second half, but how did you rate the game overall? Um, yeah, no, listen, I thought we were very poor the first half. Um, you know, we gave away a lot of easy possession. Um, don't, listen, don't get me wrong, is when you look at that system, sometimes it, you know it can be defensive. You know, so um, but um, their fullbacks had a lot of a lot of, lot of ball. But even when we did win it back, we gave it back to them too 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 easily. Listen, we changed it at half time into a back four, and you know I thought we were we were we were better. You know, we we pressed higher. Um, and we had a few chances in the second half. So listen. Daz was there at the end you know he, if he went a small bit higher would have put it in the back of the net but listen he was in a good position anyway and listen it was a good save but um, disappointment was under absolutely listen fans brilliant as always and it's just disappointing that we couldn't get uh, any result from if he had got the draw do you think it would have been deserved did two chances did two goals if you look at it that way two chances two goals you know and I thought we could have done better um, you know two mistakes from us um, but they didn't they're a good side, don't get me wrong, but they, they didn't open us up, you know, so they didn't have lots of chances. Like, but um, yeah, that's the frustrating part. We had chances in the second half, but you know, we probably left it too late. You had a few new signings in the team now tonight who wouldn't be used to the surroundings of Turner's Cross and so on. Do you think that's show? Do you think it'll take a while for guys to, to blend in? I can't wait a while, to be honest. <laughs> no, I can't. I know. I, 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 listen, players are in, and you know, it's um, they need to go in and perform. You know, it's um, at the end of the day, it's it's a game of football. You know, it's a big crowd and all that kind of stuff, and new surroundings. I understand that, but when they're here, they need to perform straight away. And you know, listen, we we've got a good squad, and you know, even the likes of Matt Healy coming on, I thought he did very very well. Um, he had a bit of a tight strain, so we were being careful with him. Um, he didn't train all week, so he came on. He he, he was good, and Derek Crowley and, and Daniel came on as well. So, um, much better in the second half. Um, just a shame we couldn't get that second goal. The second goal for Bowes was a bit of a killer early in the in the in the second half, I suppose, and it, it looked like the game was going to kill off. Then and it did come from errors. It did, it did, and it, it happens. It happens, and uh, you know, even from the throw, it's 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 a bit loose, and you know, and and the goal, I, I don't know if it's taking a deflection or something like that, but you know, maybe Toby could have done better, but. Um, these things happen. These things happen, but it's um, um, it's cost us tonight. You know, it's um, silly mistakes cost us, and uh, we we just couldn't get back into the game. Like the positive to take out of it is obviously back in the Premier Division. Unbelievable crowd here tonight. Great atmosphere from both sets of fans. I mean, that's the way it should be here, isn't it? That's it. That's what everyone wants. It is. It is. It's, it's brilliant. Listen, it's the fans. It's absolutely fantastic. Everton. You know, it's um, the pitch is in fantastic condition. As I said, it's uh, it is brilliant. 
But we need to perform as well for the fans. You listen, we want to come back. Yeah, listen, yeah, absolutely. And we want to, we want to stay in the division. Listen, we know it's there's going to be ups and downs. We we know that. And listen, we got to stick together. We got to stick together, and you know, even the fans got to stick with us as well. So it's um, it is it's it's a special place to play down here. Do you know? So it's um, no, it's uh, it's um, just a disappointing night. Um, but it, it's 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 going to be it's tougher this year. Than, than, than last year and that's the way it's going to be for the season isn't it I mean Derry next week now as well is a big big game it's a long trip and they're flying they only get a draw out tonight but I mean they, they had a great season last year so that's going to be a tough game next week as well they're all going to be like that aren't they they're all going to be tough games and we just need to be we, we need to be ready you know in, I thought in the first half we weren't ready tonight we weren't for some reason we weren't we weren't at a second half okay we changed the system and I thought we were we were more aggressive and um yeah, but it's um, it's going to be like that every week. It's going to be tough games every week, and you know after that we got UCD and then we're away to Rovers and and Sligo. So it will be tough, but the players the players need to um to accept that challenge and you know embrace it. Thanks, Millie. Okay, sure. no problem. All right, Rory caught up with Cork City FC legend Philip Long after the game. Okay, I'm standing here with Cork City legend Philip Long after Cork City were eaten 2-1 by Bohemians. Um, lot to work on for City Phil, but that last ten minutes was very promising. Uh, the last 10 minutes were brilliant uh, Rory in fairness they deserved to draw in the end but uh, during the game you, you know Bohemians are well on top well on top and you know it's, they have a lot to they have a lot to do as well it's a, it's a strong league you know so hopefully hopefully everything will come good but ah, yeah. the last 10 minutes has been brilliant and that's what Cork City fans want they want to see a team that will fight until the end and that's what they did and that's what will bring the crowd back in two weeks time yeah hopefully hopefully and with a bit of result with a bit of luck hopefully they'll get a good result against Derry next week and who knows we might get this cross, uh, crowd again back in the cross yeah just over six and a half thousand around that mark uh, at Turner's Cross tonight it was um, I suppose it's always going to be, take time for City to, to get to grips with the Premier Division and Bohemians have been a regular staple in the Premier Division for years they have aspirations of, of getting Europe even higher this year it shows what City are up against and what they're going to be up against week in and week out yeah definitely in that you know I mean there's a baptism of fire there tonight you know and the, the lads looked a bit very naive bit of overawed in the first 15-20 minutes but as the game went on they, you know they were able to you know control it a little bit and as we said there the last 10-15 minutes was just sheer character and it was great to see that Rory Keating uh, he took a good goal after the mistake by the, uh, the Bohemians keeper and this place just came to life Phil it was fantastic to see oh it was fabulous to see and in fairness Rory put in a fierce shift this evening uh, Rory himself you know and he did very very well he deserved a goal he got some abuse out on that pitch this evening <laughs> a couple of players um, not really featuring for City tonight uh, Matthew Healy came on second half he had a bit of a knock um, looked decent enough when he came on Ethan Verdon couldn't play tonight because he was playing against his parent club um, so a couple of players to come back in for City so I mean like, it'll be interesting to see what Colin does in the next few weeks yeah, it will be interesting to see. Uh, but I mean, they've they've learned a lot from tonight, and hopefully they can they can build on that. You know, it's a long season, and anything can happen yet. They can, and uh, Josh Honan at the back, the back three looks solid. I mean, like the, the second goal was a bit of a, a shambles all over the place from the defence and the goalkeeper, but it looks solid enough. And like with Gilchrist in there, with Coleman in there, and with Honan in there, that back three is very solid. They had a, the defence played very, very well in fairness. And the goalkeeper was unlucky. I think there was a bit of a swerve on the ball. Yeah. So he was very unlucky with that. But, um, you know, he, he'll watch that now in the video and video analysis. And um, he'll, be, he'll be better for next week. He'll be better for next week. All right, Phil, thanks for joining us. Stand the big red bench. Yeah, and it's a trip away to Derry City next week for Cork City. That is going to be 
a very difficult game for them. Um, uh, Derry City very much uh, fancied by a lot of people to go all the ways for the league this year but onwards and upwards uh, I think it's UCD at home after that for Cork City so hopefully a big crowd back in the cross again alright historic night in Tralee last night and Cove Ramblers dealing with it very very well they came out 2-0 winners in the end and that scoreline suggests a much easier game than what it was Kerry FC had a fantastic start to the second half and how they didn't score <laughs> I was I was doing the commentary in LOI TV for Kerry FC and uh, how a goal did not go in just one one goal <laughs> it would have got the crowd going uh, but uh, Leo Gaxa was really unlucky when he came on a fantastic clearance off the line by Cove Ramblers uh, right back Michael McCarthy Cove Ramblers very lucky not to give away a penalty I've seen a couple of pictures now from different angles as well and there was definitely a handball in there in the second half um, but then again, Wayne Guthrie, the Kerry FC goalkeeper, probably should have seen red for a very similar thing that we just saw Nick Pope get sent off for here in the Premier League. But I think maybe Guthrie was a lot, was just on the edge of his box and had his hands down by his side. But I think the referee maybe was uh, playing to even things up after acknowledging maybe a mistake that he missed. Who who knows? I I don't know. But sure, look at. It was 2-0 anyway on the night to Cove Ramblers and they deserved their victory. Absolutely uh, not to take it away from them whatsoever. Tiernan O'Brien in the first half with a goal set up by Jack Doherty and then Jack Doherty, fantastic free kick in the second half right when Cove Ramblers needed it to take all the pressure off them. And uh, brilliant brilliant from that uh, result. It was from the Wayne Guthrie incident uh, right on the edge of the box. Jack Doherty picked out the uh, keeper side really from the setup of the wall with his left peg right in the bottom corner fantastic goal here's Cove Ramblers boss Shane Keegan speaking with myself and Andrew Marcy of Ready Kerry Shane congratulations uh, a worthwhile trip to Tralee yeah a very very tough trip to Tralee um, that's for sure uh, I think it looks a little bit more comfortable on paper than it was in reality um, I thought Kerry had a very very distinct game plan I thought they were very very good at implementing that game plan um, we've scored two cracking goals in two different ways Michael McCarthy has cleared the ball off the line for us I think Kerry have had a very reasonable shout for a penalty if I'm completely honest about it um, I don't think a whole lot would have had to have been different for that game to have been a draw tonight rather than a win for us so in that sense absolutely delighted that we have managed to turn such a, t- a close game into a win It's interesting because when, when you're trying to plan as a manager for a team obviously you, you can look back at right we've played this team before they've done this they've done that whereas Kerry's obviously a co- complete unknown so what did you think before you arrived here tonight? It was an absolute nightmare there's no point me saying otherwise I, I would of, of all the managerial traits that I do or don't have I would I would rank my opposition analysis as arguably my best and it was null and void for this game truth be told like you know obviously we knew Sean McGrath we knew Matt Keane outside of that you're trying to get bits and bobs of information on players you, you don't even know where fellas play you don't know what the formation the opposition are going to use you don't know what to do off set pieces by the way their set pieces were exceptional that that I can't remember the boy he's dead that red haired boy in the middle of the field wow his set piece delivery is as good as I've seen it really really is absolutely fantastic and you've got the monsters that they have in the team it makes it very very hard to defend so yeah it was a nightmare troop you'd hold trying to prepare for this one and let's just talk about the win for a second because obviously he had it in the first half but in the second half we can even see like you've got such an experienced goalkeeper and even he was struggling because it was such a gale force it was it really was I felt sorry for him trying to kick into it it seemed to pick up typically of me looking alright too because uh I, I had told Abo to, to play with the wind in the first half which in hindsight was a wrong decision 
I may check the weather forecast a bit better the next time. Um, yeah, it was. It was very, very tough. Um, and we really struggled to, to get out of our own half. Um, and I have to, you know, I really have to hand the credit to my system manager there, Fran Rocket. Fran shouted about halfway through the ha- half for a change in formation. Um, and we did do that. We brought on Big Justin and plonked him in between the two centre halves and switched to three centre halves at the back. And I think that steadied the ship massively for us. Steadied the ship massively for us. And I think we were, you know, we were really under the cosh for the whole first half of the second half. But I thought last 15 to 20, we actually managed to, to ride it out reasonably okay. Uh, on, on that, you know, it, do, it did look like that it took Kerry maybe 20 minutes or so to set mm. because he certainly looked more, the more experienced team. Having said that, once you turn things around and you settled yourselves in in the second half, it did look a little bit like, as you said, you scored two cracking goals. But maybe was experience a big factor, do you think, tonight? Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, it's, tonight was so new to so many of those Kerry players. It really, really was. So, you know, it's inevitable that they maybe struggled for the, the first period of the game. Yeah. Um, but they grew into it. And, you know, we were just chatting in the dressing room. I have absolutely no doubt Kerry are going to take quite a lot of points, particularly at home um, this year, because they're solid. They work hard. They would remind me an awful lot of Treaty, who had a fantastic season last year. Um, a really fantastic season. And if they all continue to pull in the, in the right direction for Billy and get a little bit more look, um, you know, particularly, as I say, on, on the likes of sets, I, I think they can do quite well for themselves. Yeah, well, still, you're happy going home tonight anyway. Oh, listen, immensely so. I suppose the, almost the last point I made before we went out of the dressing room was I, I felt that if we played really, really well, we'd get the win. But more importantly, if we didn't play really, really well, we need to figure out a way to win it anyway. And that's how it played out, because we didn't play really, really well. But yet, we managed to find a win and we managed to keep a clean sheet, which is doubly satisfactory. It feels maybe like this is a game that Cove Ramblers teams in the past couple of seasons might have come out on the wrong side. Is that the difference now between you having that bit of time now and it's the start of your first full season and change a bit of a mindset as well to settle things down when the fat is in the fire and come out on the right side? Yeah, I think so. That's a very, very valid point. It's probably something we hadn't talked about. Yeah, I think, you know, last year, I don't know if you're aware, but no team in the first division dropped more points from winning position than Cove Ramblers. Um, and we've spoken about that quite a bit in pre-season. So to be to, to see it true and see it true reasonably efficiently, despite the couple of hairy moments, as I say, with the clearance off the line and the penalty shout, um, to see it true in reasonably efficient manner is incredibly satisfactory. I think, you know, the two centre-halves, what turned out to be three centre-halves, uh, deserve a lot of credit for that. I think probably in particular Jason Abbott. I thought Abbott was fantastic for us today. He's He really has leader printed across his forehead. Um, he's a fantastic bit of stuff. So yeah, it was very satisfactory to, to come out this side of, of something so tight. I suppose the manager is never fully satisfied with the squad. You always want to make additions and improvements, but is this a squad now that you're much more happier with and a squad that has more of your stamp on it as well going forward? Yeah, I think so. Um, the players we've added to it have, you know, obviously we pinpointed them and went after, went after them for very, very particular reasons. Um, we were without two tonight, two who could be big players for us in Conor Drynan and, and James O'Leary. Um, I think they will add a lot more to us as well. So, yeah, look, if, if we could stumble across one more addition before the 22nd, maybe if it's the right fit, but I don't think we need to be going out of our way to, you know, we're not screaming out for a particular player either. I'm, I'm quite happy, and in that sense, I'm you know, I'm incredibly happy with, with the board for the backing that they gave me in the off-season to go and get those players that I wanted. Yeah, Cove Ramblers boss Shane Keegan there. Here was 
the match winner really in uh, in all honesty an assist and a goal from Jack Doherty Jack Doherty a uh, 2-0 win here for Cove Ramblers tonight in Montauk Park he came into a real cauldron obviously with the occasion and everything he must be delighted to be going away with three points yeah look that was the aim coming here you know was to pick up three points we knew it was going to be tough their first game in the league that they were going to be well up for it so look we, we aimed for three points we got three points that's all you can ask for really you know? the start of the second half was very frantic you know and it took I suppose that bit of experience that bit of nose that you have both on the pitch and on the sideline to get a handle of things make one or two changes and obviously then a fantastic effort from yourself to, to, to really change the game and put it back in your favour yeah look the, we knew they were going to come out with the wind and stuff like that and then them being a big physical team set pieces all that kind of stuff was going to suit them but look it was nice to be able to get that goal suck up on really you know and like we held on then really you know but like it was nice to be able to hit, hit him with that second goal and have that little bit of a cushion as well you know Were you always going to try and pick out that, that corner of the goal I suppose it was always going to be difficult to go up and over yeah. and back down over the wall again yes. uh, so was it always with that left foot of yours as well that was always maybe where you were looking to go as well Yes yeah, uh, just kind of I keep an eye on where the keeper is as well but being that close it's kind of hard to go at the other side because you're never going to get it up and down unless you hit it it's perfect so look I see where he was standing kind of in the middle so I just said I go his side you know. I see I did it the same in the first half but I didn't hit it as well I, I should have probably scored that as well but look I got the goal in the end you know. I was saying to, to your manager Shane Keegan that in the past couple of seasons this is a game maybe that this Cove Randers team might have come out on the wrong side of um, look obviously so many different players now and there can easily be a change in mentality in that sort of way and this win will give you a lot of confidence now going into the rest of the season yeah it will look it's hard to, for a manager and new players coming in to change that mentality of like losing it's hard to get out of that that rut like but look the lads are good they're giving the lads the right information you have to kind of step up now as men's football so that mentality has to change and look it has been since I've been here with pre-season and stuff like that they've all seemed to bite into it so look that's a credit to Shane Franny all them they're, they're drilling into the lads every week you know so hopefully it stays like that you know Absolutely super player Jack Doherty and uh, Cove Ramblers fans can look forward to watching him for the season. A fantastic player and can be a, a massive difference in, in every game that they're going to play for the rest of the season. All right, we're going to hear quickly now from the Kerry FC manager Billy Denny, of course, former Cork City FC player as well and uh, winner of a couple of league titles with Shamrock Rovers. Here's Billy after the game. Like you started with five at the back in the first half was that purely just down to conditions or was there just that bit of conservatism there and maybe with the change that you made in the second half do you think playing a different shape in the first half would have made any difference at all in trying to control the game better yeah possibly you know hindsight is probably a great thing and you might have changed different things around but yeah I think what we kind of worked on in the first half we probably weren't able to implement as much because of the strong breeze and we weren't able to kind of get the pattern, passing patterns right because the wind was so strong against us so we did kind of get pinned in a little bit but you know from there we still didn't kind of transition well enough to defend and we didn't pick up enough second balls you know which impacted the first half as well but you know for sure we realised second half one and down with a few players probably didn't start the game we would like so we just kind of went took the shackles off and told them go for it and you know they did to be fair and I think look the ball came off the line the penalty one does because in the game's one all then it's wide open again you know so look we didn't um, just get that final break tonight but you know credit to Cove to seen the game out and they managed the game really well so you know we've no complaints on that side yeah, and a massive League of Ireland season ahead for both Cork clubs, Cork City in the Premier Division, of course, and Cove Ramblers in the First Division, and they'll be targeting 
playoff positions uh, presumably for the season ahead alright we're going to take a quick break now when we come back we're going to hear from Paul Kerrigan on Cork versus Dublin in Parky Cueve tomorrow and we're also going to get reaction after a massive win for Cork in the National Camogie League against Dublin and Jack Squibb is going to join to talk Rebel Wheelers don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock It's half time at St. James's Park between Liverpool and Newcastle and it's Liverpool who lead the home side 2-0 and the home side are also down to 10 men Nick Pope saw a red card after rushing out of the box and trying to make some sort of a block down the ground but just went down straight with his hands uh, almost I suppose 10-15 yards I would say outside of his box uh, the goals have come through Darwin Nunes and Cody Gakbo in the 10th and 17th minute for Liverpool and they're in a very commanding position actually since the right card Newcastle have been a bit of the well they've they've had a bit of the better play anyway they've created a good few chances they had a string of corners there at one stage but Liverpool now just kind of able to pick them off on the break as well uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one elsewhere we're going to we're going to talk uh, Cork versus Dublin in Division 2 with the National Football League tomorrow Parky Cueve another game in that division at the moment is Derry versus Meath Meath of course were unbeaten going into this one having beaten Cork on the first day and picking up a win as well last week Derry are absolutely hammering them. It's 2.15 to 1.7 in favour of Derry against Meath. That is a massive, massive scoreline. Let's just look at the teams here. Uh, we're going to see who's doing all the damage. 1-2 uh, for Ethan Doherty uh, for Derry and a goal for Noel Toner as well. Um, Derry just, they've picked off points from nearly everywhere on the pitch. Um, six points coming from their inside forward line and uh, 2-5 coming from the half forward line. Uh, McGrogan two points from centre back a point from McAvoy for full back uh, you know big test for Cork when they're going to face them you know but a big test tomorrow as well at Parky Cueve and hopefully there's going to be a big big crowd down at Parky Cueve I was, we're going to hear from Paul Kerrigan in just a second but uh, you know the we were discussing it's been so long since Cork have faced Dublin at Parky Cueve that uh, when I asked Paul Kerrigan for his favourite memories he went all the ways back to when his father was playing because there's been that so few matches in recent years obviously in the dubs coming down now to the newly renovated Parky Cueve um, will they feel maybe at home in, in a sort of a mini mini Croke Park uh, element or uh, environment uh, who knows but Look, I think there's absolutely a chance for Cork to get a big result there, but only if a big crowd shows up. So hopefully with the Dubs coming to town, this is a six in a row All-Ireland winning team. Um, they're coming to town. A lot of Bose fans have stayed around for the game as well. I gather that Paul is going to mention as well. So it should be a cracking atmosphere. I'm going to be there and we're going to have loads of reaction on tomorrow evening's big red bench also. Here's Paul Kerrigan on the game. All right, delighted to say I'm joined on the line now by All-Ireland winner with Cork, Paul Kerrigan. Paul, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No bother at all. Big one Sunday in the National League, of course, Dublin coming to town, a game that I'm sure you're very excited for and hopefully it's going to bring a big crowd as well into Parky Cueve. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I think, like, two big counties, um, obviously with a good history and a good pass of playing against each other. Um, and 
and like such interest that it's obviously on telly as well you know what I mean so um, yes yeah, um, I suppose two counties will be looking to get out of Division 2 as well obviously uh, and push on a bit so yeah um, kind of a, a good rivalry renewed now down the park so looking forward to it on Sunday yeah, real barometer test as well to see where this Cork side are really at because we've probably seen all of all of the bad stuff and all of the good stuff in those two first games against Meath and Kildare. Yeah, I think so. I think like from the most part, McGrath Club included, like it's been more positive. Um, you know, the most positive aspect really is probably the bounce back after the the Meath defeat uh, with such high expectations going into the Meath game and then to come out with a with a bad result like that and then to back it up. Um, going up to Newbridge was a really good sign for the group yeah but like this is the ultimate test really in, in the group um, and I'd say I'd say they'll be looking forward to it I'd say they'll be looking forward to have a, having a good go off Dublin different times but Cork have a pretty good record against Dublin at home so um, yeah I think they'll be really looking forward to it and you know, I think I suppose it's not uh, it's not championship like Dublin would obviously be probably missing a few of their older guys trying a few guys out look I think this might be an opportunity for Cork maybe to push on and, and get to two points and I think they'll give it a right good go at the weekend Yeah how, how um, important has that two week break been for John Cleary now to be able to get some guys back into the squad let's say you know the likes of Cotlin Mahoney who came off the bench and, and got 1-1 and he's coming back from a, a long club campaign with Bally Giblin in the hurling and you know a few others maybe who are getting over some niggly injuries that two week block now to be able to prepare for this sort of a game must be huge yeah massive I'd say I'd say you know I suppose it was, to kill their result was a perfect um, result to be going into that break and, and, the, and the dubs is a, probably a really good game to, to go and play after the two week break because they've had two weeks really solid to to prepare for them you know they probably got a session down the park as well and everything to get used to it so yeah um, massive and as you said getting kind of probably more miles into the legs for guys um, you know they've had a kind of a set look so far this year so they probably have spent a bit of time working together um, as, as you said Carl Lamani I, I don't know how bad he might have hurt his hamstring in the Sigerson during the week probably has to find out how bad that is you know if, if he's anyway injured he's a loss because he's as you saw against Kildare when he came on he got 1-1 he's kind of that X factor about him um, other guys like Daniel Daniel Lamani and Mara Shanley were obviously unbelievable for UCC throughout their campaign um, and look they'll be looking to test themselves again now at a really high level against the likes of Conor Callan uh, and these guys um, you'd hopefully like to see Mark Cronin after getting man of the match for UCC getting a run so there are some of the, the younger guys but yeah and I suppose for some of the older lads like Brian Hurley um, Maguire guy, Powder guys who miles on the clock kind of a bit of a, a break and, and um, after the first two league games and a bit to reset uh, for those guys and go again and, and, and lead the lads um, this weekend into, in, a, in a really big game Yeah we might touch on that UCC win there in a couple of minutes time um, interestingly from a, a team selection point of view John has gone with uh, Sean Powder wearing the number 11 jersey what have you made of that so far? Yeah um, I wouldn't be a fan of I think Powder like from playing with him and against him I think he's, he's the ultimate half back line player like I think he's I suppose our version of kind of Lee Keegan you know he's he's a guy who could shut a fella down and and set up attacks and score but um, probably needs must I think they found like Rory Maguire last year who's done a really good job in the half back line and Maddie Taylor is obviously very solid there um, and then they obviously found the likes of Luke Fahey who done really well against Kildare the last day so I'd say probably the inside forward line and probably the half back line are probably Cork's um, most competitive and in-depth areas so they probably feel they could manage and they put Sean up because I'd say probably centre forward there's too many guys sticking their hands up um, I've seen him play there with Douglas um, no, look he's such a good player he could he could do it anywhere and he showed he got a really brave goal against Kildare the last day 
Um, I, like in my opinion, it's going okay. I think it's not his most natural position. But the one thing is that like wherever he's on the field, if he was cornerback or sweeper or wing back or centre forward in this case, he needs marking and he'll take attention definitely. Um, so whoever's picking up at the weekend will be really mindful of him and probably follow him wherever he goes. Um, he's that kind of a that kind of a threat and that kind of a player. But look, um, yeah, I suppose look, they, we all know what he can do in the back line. Um, like if he was thrown in there back to the backs for a championship out of the blue I think he'd be able to deal with it no problem um, so it's probably give him a, a league campaign up centre forward and see if he can bring that new dimension to the lads you know, he does give legs up there um, so he's a he's a good he's he's just a good all round player really Yeah and like for a squad that has been so you know it's been fairly thin over the past couple of years there's really starting to, you know that, that depth is really starting to come there now and also from a point of view of just naming a settled 15 every week which has been difficult over the past couple of years just having the likes of Ian Maguire and O'Callaghan pairing up in midfield week on week as well you know a midfield partnership can settle a team down I imagine no end Yeah I think from the squad depth point of view I think definitely the lack of injuries in the squad has been a real bonus and it's just it's something that's been dogging us for a good couple of years and I think that's really added to the squad depth um, and obviously then like those under 20s who won the All-Ireland a few years ago are a year or two older like when they won it there was calls for a lot of them to be thrown in early but sure they were only 19 so like I think that's definitely had, with them growing and, and the kind of the injury free list for the most part um, has really added to the depth and and as you said like you're, you're starting to find combinations I think Ian McGuire always had a very good relationship with Killian O'Handle in midfield but like Killian unfortunately had a lot of injuries so Cullum's come in Cullum complained anywhere really but he's really set down as a workhorse and, and seems to have taken to his game to a new level this year you know he was really good the last day again against Galair driving on um, so yeah like you see the likes of him getting a run now, run now midfield um, Sherlock and Brian Hurley playing a lot together inside now whereas maybe in previous campaigns it might have been one or the other um, which is which is good, and then you're seeing the likes of Dan O'Mahony and Mara Shanley coming into a settled full back line. You know, you then you've interchanged with guys then like Sean Mean and, and Kevin Dunman who could who could play in either in either back line as well. So, yeah, it's it's really good. It's um, I think it's important. Like it's the most important division out of all four with the most at stake. So, having your settled team gives the lads confidence and. And then it, it kind of encourages the guys who aren't in that 15 to try push on and get into the team, you know what I mean? Because um, it, it shows like John is backing the guys who, who have the jersey. Dublin then, on the other hand, um, obviously last time out against Limerick, Limerick who I suppose that they're having a, a, a difficult season in transition under new, manage, new management, uh, 2.17 to 1.11, they defeated Limerick. Um, obviously, look, it's Dublin, they'll bring that swagger. There's buckets and buckets of All-Ireland medals on the pitch. Um, but in his, in a weird way, like you know, they they didn't exactly hit the ground running against Kildare the first day out. Uh, they just pretty much scraped over the line, and that test against Limerick hasn't exactly shown us a whole pile either. So, do you think there are maybe some chinks in the armor that Cork might be able to actually pick at the next day? Yeah, I think so. like I think definitely they, they look very average against Kildare. I kind of watched that game it was the first game in the National League, like. And geez, it was a, it was a poor spectacle all around, you know. And I say Kildare were 
were kind of maybe disappointed to come out with at least a draw. Um, and then they're probably playing Limerick, who, who've come up from the Division 3, who are probably, you know, going into the start of the year, probably ranked the eighth best team in Division 2. So I suppose they haven't really set the world alight, but like the dubs are notorious for training hard throughout the league um, and bringing guys back kind of intermittently. So there's probably a bit of that going on as well. And be interesting to see now with that two week gap we spoke about with a couple of the big hitters like James McCarthy come back into the team. Um, you know, yeah, like I, I think like where they are, I think the dubs would know they'll probably qualify regardless. Um, and they'll probably train hard through the league. And I but I think I still think it's a good opportunity for Cork. Like we we do have a pretty good record against them in the league um in recent recent times. So um yeah, I think there's an opportunity there for, for Cork definitely to pick up a at least a point anyway. And it's a rare occasion as well, like it's been so long now since the dubs came to Parky Cueve and obviously, you know, with the with the renovations and everything, they hadn't been there in, in, in many a year. What are your more favoured memories from, from Dub- Dublin coming to the park over the years? Yeah, I suppose, like, I would have played against them in the old park in 2012 in the league. Um, we had a good result, I think we beat them by a goal. You know, they, they were the reigning All-Ireland champions. Um uh, we felt we were going really well that year we kind of won the National League won Munster as well so lost the All-Ireland semi-final but yeah just like you know, the likes of Connolly Brogue and all their main guys were playing then you know what I mean McCauley they were a really good side um, and it was you know you were, you were testing them against them every every year really so yeah very good memories of the dubs coming to the park and then probably the obvious one my father had been playing in 1983 when they came down, you know what I mean? That's probably the iconic one. Um, but like, they'll always bring a, bring a, a crowd to, par- to the park. Like I, I actually met a fellow yesterday who's a Cork City fan and he said he knows a couple of Bowes fans who are down for the soccer and, and the Dublin game match at the weekend. So there'll probably be, there'll be probably plenty of them down for, um, for, for a good weekend. You know I think? Like the park is obviously, and the city itself is a really attractive place to go. You know, I mean, if they're trained from Dublin, the road from Dublin, and um, that will add to it now. And hopefully there'll be a bit more of a car crowd there again, you know, to see, see the likes of Fenton and Con in the flesh, you know what I mean? Um, I think as a young fellow growing up, I would have always wanted to go see the likes of Sean Cavanagh and these kind of lads when they're coming down to play a Cork in the 2000s. So you, hopefully if you're the younger people getting to see the likes of these lads in the dubs um, and the Cork lads testing themselves against them. Absolutely, yeah. I'll push you just to finish up on this game. I'll push you for a, a prediction. Are you going to go for a Cork victory? Um, I'd say I might go for a Cork draw. I'd say maybe a victory. Like I just want this. You'd like to see a really good performance again. You know what I mean? The, and and to back it up. You know, I think we did a good enough first half against Mead. Very poor second half, and then obviously a really good game all around against Kildare. So you'd like to see um, them start to be consistent now over the next three weeks, um, where they've they have three games on the trot. So um, look, you'd be and I think I think they'll be fairly confident and, and in good mood going into it to give it a, a good rattle. Um, but I, I'd say a good rattle. But you would hope they're kind of a level ahead now of just giving it a good rattle and starting to put their own game plan and stuff into place. And you know, it's just starting to move up the gears really as, as we move on through the league. Uh, funny then, just uh, you mentioned there UCC and so many players involved with both squads, and like that's going to drive on those players no end. And also Billy Morgan involved again, and like the man is an absolute expert at picking up these types. Of titles what a servant Cork GA yeah like without a doubt I only saw his kind of coaching record like kind of just written down on the week and during the week on Twitter unbelievable um, I think when you have the likes of Billy um, and involved in the Sigerson and um, before UCD you used to have Brian Mullins when you have big figures like that I think it really adds to the competition as a whole and 
players in, the, in their respective colleges then want to play for that individual as well so like with the likes of Billy and these lads involved in the Sigerson I think it's in a really strong position um, and then from a core point of view yeah like I suppose traditionally there have been a lot of Kerry guys on the UCC teams really a lot of the Cork guys to the fore this year um, as I mentioned Dan O'Mahony Mara Shanley uh, Mark Rowan Colin O'Mahony which was really really good you know what I mean so look they've picked up a bit of silverware now you know what I mean these guys have an All-Ireland uh, under 20 medal David Sigerson medal now and now like the last piece really is to be successful at senior level so yeah I think it's been a really positive week for a lot of them and um, hopefully they can carry that kind of good feeling into the weekend Absolutely, yeah. Set up for an absolute cracker in Parky Cueve Sunday. Paul, thanks a minute for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, big, big game for Cork tomorrow. They're all big games in Division 2 this year, obviously, with the threat of going into the Telchin Cup. So, uh, big one for Cork. Uh, hopefully, a big crowd down there as well. In the National Camogie League, Division 1A, Cork beat Dublin at M2 Bishopstown, 317 to 5 points. That was the final score. Jeremy McCarthy was there. Here is boss Machitumi. OK Matthew tell me first of all congratulations day one Division 1 A-League game it's all about getting the, the victory on the board and you did that comprehensive win over a much changed Dublin lineup, but it was a much changed Cork lineup too Yeah I'm very happy with the results um, do you know if I was told that before the game I, I would have probably slept better last night but um, no very happy and with the way, I, you, I think you hit the nail ahead with the first half performance was excellent you know a lot of things we were working on we were talking about um, just in defence I thought they were brilliant um, the two goals um, killed the game uh, very happy with us we obviously made seven substitutions so the game was going to kind of dip a bit um, but we got more than what we wanted out of it and also like we, we do know we have still something to carry home back into training the next Tuesday night and that's exactly it momentum built move on to the next challenge now um, you did mention the fact that there was a lot of players already missing from today yeah. in terms of injury and for absentees whatever but the fact that you brought on so many subs and you know you just kept kept doing the same kind of things that you're trying to do yeah. and that's the key thing from your, your point oh, 100% of view. Like, uh, like look I suppose the start of this year after losing the All-Ireland I suppose we had to look and see like I spoke to you about this during the week where we were going wrong and, and you know where we can improve and we're, we're trying this you know like I, I don't know what kind of the, the Condition Dublin we're in. I, I can't comment on them, but like it looked easy today. But it, like we we do know that you know when the, when the opposition is better or better equipped where as the year goes on, um, that might be as easy. So like it's it is a case that we need everyone on the same hymn sheet because look it's not a fifteen person game. Look we've another injury today. We've we've four over the, more than likely over the year at this stage. I'd say, but from the sounds of it, so like we need everyone knowing like if they have to come on anywhere in the field to know what they're, they're meant to be doing. Any update on Katrina Mackey because she went off with a pretty nasty looking injury. Yeah, she's gone up for next week now, um, so, so we'll, we'll know more hopefully by the end of the day. Okay. Now you've mentioned squad, you've mentioned depth and that's what the league is all about. It's an opportunity for young players to come on. Really impressed with some of the people that made an appearance today because you know there's an opportunity for them there this year. They might not have been there for other years when so many people out and that's a good thing to see that hunger as well and that desire must be a really refreshing for you in the management team. It's massive because like I suppose look all the work that the Cork minor 16s and all that, they, like that's coming to fruition there. Like, we, we two players out there Started our minor last year. If if Healy and Orla Callan, I thought Orla was superb in the first half. If if like is she's like she's nearly out every night and playing matches. She's brilliant. Um, 
and then Claudia Finn and Ali Smith they, they, you know like the two of them were kind of fresh onto it as well they, you know Ali was there last year but she was injured a lot of the year but she did well and Claudia Finn you know so happy about everything like that like, yeah, and, and uh, we're still on the lookout we're trying to get more into it as well but, but like we're getting tight numbers now when we've after Kira Sullivan unfortunately you know that's after being confirmed yesterday it's a cruciate as well um, you know it's just four cruciates and they weren't even with us for any of them you know they were three of them with their club and one with UCC and it's, it's just very very disappointing to lose players like that and it's very disappointing for them because they're just all the training we're after putting in for the last while and it's just very disappointing man. Before we finish on a positive note the news unfortunately that this year's Camogie All-Star Tour is coming at a really difficult time for players and managers now players obviously want to go and they're entitled to go and I know you know that but the timing of it I mean that's not something that's going to please you or any inter-county no, manager No absolutely it's just it's, it's farcical like you know it wouldn't happen in the men's game um, I, I just I just, I was talking to someone else about it there a while ago like if it happened in the club team you drop them to know if they were going to win Hollis a week before championship you, they wouldn't be considered like so we our own association putting this on us like and like by potential we have 10 players going on that all star trip because it's 21 and 22 uh, it's just look uh, there has to be some serious talk like you know there, there has to be serious reconsidering it because we wouldn't be happy with it at all like you know because you're, you're taking a week over and when they come back then you know after getting jet lag and whatever they're, they're up to over there it's just it's embarrassing again. Finally, on a yeah. positive note, victory. Who would have taken it first out, albeit against a Dublin team that's experimenting with new management team. But the positives, the biggest positives you take out of it, the defence was really good today, really closed down, harried, yeah. and your midfield worked extremely hard and your forwards picked off the scores. I assume that's more of the same from here on in for the league where you can. 100%. Like, I think where, where we were kind of engaging them today was turnovers. Turnovers with the back line, but also the turnover of the forward line, as we got a few scores off turnovers there in the first half, which was very, very pleasing. Um, but yeah, our defence I thought was superb. There was great communication with them. There was great movement, and what I liked about it is when one player was in trouble, there was another player to give an option, which is huge, and it's what we're trying to pursue on. You know, and we're hoping to work on that. Like, the, as I say, very positive, happy with us. With lots to do. Ger also spoke to players Libby Coppinger and Amy Lee. OK, comprehensive win for Cork over Dublin in today's very early Camogie National League Division 1A opener. Amy Lee and Libby Coppinger join me here. Amy, first of all, uh, good start for Cork, so the result is all that matters. Got the win, but you must be very, very happy with the defence's performance, especially today. Yeah, I think we were very well set up. Um, something we probably need to work on uh, over the last couple of years is keeping our shape, keeping us set up at all times. Um, we conceded very few scores today, very few fouls in a scoring range as well which was really good um, and just look the sheer number of subs we brought on as well was great to see and great to see that we were able to keep up probably not our full full standard but definitely we were tipping the scale there so it was, it was great to see yeah. uh, One of your quieter days but you still have to pull off some important saves are they difficult for goalkeepers you got to keep your concentration? It's very hard <laughs> especially at this, this, this stage of the, this early in the the year you're just getting back in like I would always say your fitness has a massive impact on your concentration which I think 100% does people might disagree with me um, but the talking now and the backline talking back to me and stuff very good uh, just to keep me tuned in so it's great to see um, and look the saves are standard when the backs are doing the putting all the pressure on I just had to stop it at the end of the day very modest as always Amy fair play uh, Libby full back today um, a great start for Cork got off to a very good start Amy O'Connor getting 1-1 but you must be very happy with the way the defence played today harried and rushed everything and really shut down Dublin 100% and like I suppose we commented at half time in our own dressing room that it was the forwards that really brought that level of intensity from the start you know I guess it makes it a lot easier for us when the ball coming in is poor so um, it was massive 
work right from our forwards throughout and like Amy said it's great to give everyone or as many as we can a run um, so look we're happy it's it's the start so we're just going to hopefully build from here but um, good first day out Exactly good first day out and that's all it is but considering the number of people that were absent considering the number of people that came on it's it's a really good performance and again all that matters is the winning you got that Exactly yeah um, I suppose like as a group we've kind of been together for a while now so it's all about driving on this year and you know there's no one's jersey not up for grabs and there's there's no position um you know guaranteed so look we want that kind of competitive edge in the dressing room and thankfully we have it at the minute so we just need to push it on again for the rest, rest yeah. of the games and there's also a change in the management team there's some new voices in the dressing room that's going to help things because it freshens things up yeah definitely um, I guess they're bringing a different level of standard and they're kind of pushing us to you know be the best we can be and try new things and you know even just different strategies for buckets different strategies for setup so um, good to try new things good to get the rewards of some of them and yeah we'll just look to push on again Excellent. Congratulations. Well done to you both. Thanks a minute, Jeremy McCarthy at that game. Big win for Cork. Well done to them. All right, Wheelchair Rugby League is back and the Rebel Wheelers were in Dublin today. I caught up with Jack Squibb just before the show. All right, did I say I'm joined on the line now by Jack Squibb of the Rebel Wheelers. Jack, a big day today. You're in Dublin. Tell us tell us why you're there, first of all, and uh, what's after what's after getting back rolling again? So, um, yeah, we're up in Dublin uh, for wheelchair rugby today. Um, perfect given there's a break in the Six Nations, uh, so we still managed to get our fix this week. But um, we were there to uh, get the third round of the Irish uh, rugby league, wheelchair rugby league underway. Um, so today we played uh, Leash Lions and we faced off with Ulster Barbarians as well. So tell me, I suppose, is this kind of the start of a big uh, season of, of of wheelchair sports, and uh, will be make it, Will you be making a lot more trips up to Dublin in the coming weeks and months? Um, so yeah, so this is um, with this being the third round, um, we weren't too sure how far the season was going to go. So there's actually one more round um, due on April the fifteenth, which should be up in Dublin again. Um, but we're going to have training sessions as well with the Irish squad so we'll all go up and uh, train together uh, as well and I think that's next month too so um, yeah there's a few trips on the cards up to Dublin both competitively and training In between those trips then I imagine there's plenty of activity going on around Cork uh, fill us in I suppose on what we can what, what any, everyone can expect and, and how they might be able to get involved midweek in between all those trips Oh, absolutely. There's so much going on, especially with Rebel Wheelers, because um, it's not just wheelchair rugby. Um, but for us, we train on Monday nights in Claro National School, um, and that's 7.30 until half nine. And then the wheelchair basketball crew, they train uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday as well. And then there's athletics coming up soon uh, as well with that season coming back. I think that's around April as well, so not too far away. So it's it's all systems go with Paris Sports in uh, in Cork at the moment. Yeah, and obviously, of course, uh, Rebel Wheelers having taken part in the uh, National Cup final as well in the wheelchair basketball yeah. not too long ago. Uh, plenty of excitement over the last couple of months heading into a big year 2023. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the basketball team, they're just fantastic. They haven't lost in the last four seasons. And to see them win the Cup again was brilliant. So hopefully now we won the league last season in wheelchair rugby. And after today's results, we're hoping now um, there, there might be a chance that we, we can win the league again. Um, we're just relying on other results to go in our favour. But who knows, uh, come April, we might be uh, defending our title and claim for another year. 
Absolutely. The beauty of the multi-sports club, I suppose, with, with so many different sports going on, there's, there's probably something for everyone really to take their fancy, but like it's a great community, yeah. I imagine, to build and, you know, so many different people getting involved as well in different personalities. Oh, 100%. Like, there's so many different people from, you know, all walks of life. We've all, like, everyone there that takes part in the sport, they've all got their own story. And it's just basically a big family. And as you said, you know, one like an extended community of Cork, you could say. Um, and, you know, if you give rugby a try and it's not for you, you can try basketball. Then there's the athletics. And if you're a junior, there's Saturday Morning Club, where that's basically trying all the sports that we offer. And then some other things as well, like boccia. Um, so there really is there's something for everyone and no one's ever turned away we, we welcome everyone and I suppose then on today how did you get on and uh, how were the games and how did everything go off yeah it was fantastic so um, our first game was against Ulster who are currently leading uh, the league at the moment um, we thought it might be a bit tough but we actually came away with the win uh, we beat them 45-33 to 33, um, which is fantastic and then after that we played Leash and we won that as well, uh, beating them 51 to 38. So uh, that was quite a resounding win as well in the end. Um, and with new players in the team as well for us, uh, there was a good debut there from Joshua uh, Conan. And then we've got myself and Jay Flynn Hurley and John McCarthy. Uh, we all put in a shift and Alan Lynch as well. And as well, there's there's not just, as you said, the wheelchair rugby. There's other sports that goes on throughout the day as well. Is there, There's more activities going on at the moment. It's really, uh, it's, an, it's an action-packed day, I imagine. <laughs> It was. Um, I'm not too sure where they were, but the basketball team are facing off um, up uh, somewhere around the country today as well. Um, like the basketball team have done so well that there's actually two teams because we so much um, need players developing. And um, ironically, uh, Rebel Wheelers played against <laughs> Rebel Wheelers today, uh, so I'm I'm still waiting to find out how they did, and uh, I'm intrigued to see what happened there. It's like when you play FIFA and you see your own team, you decide to play against your own team. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Jack yeah. Squibb, it's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It sounded like it was a fantastic day in Dublin today, and uh, we yeah. wish you well and every success uh, in the coming months for the rest of the year. That's fantastic. Thank you, Aiden. All right, that is it for us here on the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. As we said, big game tomorrow between Cork and Dublin in the National Football League. We'll have plenty of reaction here. Rory's going to be in. I'm going to be at the game tomorrow from six on the Big Red Bench. There's also going to be Hear Me Roar as well uh, by Valerie Mulcahy. So stay tuned for that. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.